Hello, and welcome to Teacher in Zion Podcast, a podcast for Christians, Mormons, ex-Mormons, and other Book of Mormon believers, or anyone questioning their faith or the church, with an emphasis on seeking the truth wherever it leads, but especially in gaining a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. So this is Doug Hatton. I am teacher in Zion, uh, the podcast, and I have with me Kathy Kyleg. Yes! I pronounced your name correctly this time. That's always a good thing. This is part two of our interview. And uh, I thought I would uh, start out uh, by sharing just a portion of an email from a listener I got uh, just yesterday, it was, uh, from a Matt. Um I won't share the last name because I'm not sure if he wants me to or not. So, um, But I just wanted to share just a, a portion of something he said that really hit me, really struck me. Um, he said, this morning I listened to your interview with Kathy Kylig, and I was a little surprised to learn your background was RLDS. Your approach was very much like what I am accustomed to hearing and speaking. So it had never occurred to me that you may be of a different tradition. But then the institutional lingo was different, I guess, in that episode. So, which is funny now that I type the words out. When focused on Christ, I can't tell the difference, but the institutions set us apart. And I just thought that, that just hits it nail on the head right there. Is it, you know, how long has he been listening to me? Didn't realize that I was RLDS. Why? Because it's a Christ focus and he's Christ focused. So we're speaking the same lingo when we're in the same book of Mormon and Bible. And he is our focus, not our institution and all its little religious uh, trappings, religious trappings. Thank you. Um, yeah. So here we are. Um, it's a new day, Kathy. It is a new day. Both it's of us are a little a bit. Day. Both of us are a little bit froggy t- today, if that's a word that people actually recognize across this country and around the world. Mm-hmm. A little froggy. <clears throat> so if you hear us clearing our throat and all that, I guess it's early in the morning for me, or feels like it. It's not really early in the morning. It's not but, really early in the morning, but that's I okay. Didn't, I didn't get it is best. somewhere else across the, the <laughs> continent. You know, I didn't get the best sleep last <laughs> night. So, <laughs> yeah, somewhere it is early in the morning. That's true. Might be in the middle of the ocean, but that's all right. On, you could be on a ship. Sure. So, Kathy, how are you doing today? Doing good. Doing good. I'm I'm froggy as well, so yeah. I, I'll try not to hack too much. Okay. But yeah, well, I'm, I'm doing well. We'll just edit out. All the, the, you know, all the things that, all the hacking and coughing, whatever. And there you mine, go. Mine as well. And uh, last time we left off, we'd kind mm-hmm. of taken a little, uh, a tour through mm-hmm. your life from a high level anyway. Sure. Uh, of, all, of some, I guess, spiritual highlights or, or church highlights of your church background and mm-hmm. spiritual things anyway. Mm-hmm. Um we didn't really get too much into any topical discussions. Um, we hit on a few things a little bit, but uh, now we have a new opportunity to talk about whatever is on your mind mm-hmm. or on our mind together, I guess, collectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we last left it, um, really, it was, I, I would say the, the, 
what I took my main takeaway from there was that, you know, the Lord had you go through a lot of different avenues and down different roads, um, kind of preserving you in the way that he chose to during this whole split in the church and then the subsequent splits and organizations and reorganizations and, and all that type of divisional things that took place. Um, but the Book of Mormon served as an anchor yes. through all of that. Yes. Um, and eventually he brought you back into uh, more fellowship with directly with independent restoration branch of some sort. And here you are today. And I know that just from talking with you, that there are many things that have been on your mind, things that you have asked the Lord, things that you are studying and searching on. You know, what is, what is on your heart the most right at this moment? If there's one thing wow. that <clears throat> your mind has been on a lot, or you, you just feel like you want to talk about or share. You know, I th- I think there's been um, a faith crisis that has it, that has taken place and is taking place now within the um, the the grand scheme of restoration of the restoration, however you want to look at that. Um, yeah. You know, starting back from 1830, um, so that includes everybody. You know the LDS, the RLDS, the all the offshoots, um, and, and I've I'd been hearing things the last several years, um, especially um, some friends of mine that um, are, have some really good friends that are LDS, and that that there's been a massive faith crisis going on with them, and I, I didn't really understand what that meant per se. And one day last year, um, I, I, I listened to multiple podcasts, different types of podcasts. And, and one day, um, this this thing popped up on my feed, and it, it caught my eye. And um, it was about um, something about Mormon missionary uh, is converted, you know, whatever, and on, on their mission or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, huh, that sounds interesting. And, and it was on a totally non-related to any type of restoration type website. And, well, this could be interesting, you know. And I started listening to it. And um, it was an eye-opener for me, personally, um, to understand some of the differences between um, how they've been taught, the LDS, and mm-hmm. then how we've been taught. Um I had heard my entire life, you know, about all these different, you know, thing, crazy things, whatever, um, that they believe, but I didn't really go down that road. I didn't, didn't yeah. know. And so that was a, an interesting thing for me to learn about that and how, you know, this guy was trying to um, convert an entire Baptist congregation, <laughs> You know, on his mission, and it ended up he ended up being converted to Christ. Hmm. And I, and as I'm listening to to him talk, and he's talking a little bit about you know Christ in the Book of Mormon and this and that, and I'm thinking, but that's not who Christ is in the Book of Mormon. I mean, you know, from his point of view, because mm-hmm. I'm like, well, the Christ in the Book of Mormon is the same Christ 
that evangelicals believe in. Yeah. He's the same Christ that, you know, the rest of the world believes in if they believe in Jesus Christ. Yeah. And and so that kind of got me going, you know, going, what's going on with that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so... So that 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 led me to to, to listening to more podcasts, uh, trying to get gain a greater understanding, I think, of um, some of the pain that our LDS brothers and sisters are going through. Uh, but I've been surprised that um, the percentage of listeners on this podcast um, more LDS than our LDS. And here we are, you and I, we are, both of us are LDS. You happen to be my first interviewee mm-hmm. and we're both our LDS. So we have certain experiences in common, um, but both of us have been drawn into and made friendship with those in LDS uh, circles. And so maybe it's a little bit awkward for us to speak of LDS and their plight, but I think the Lord has put it on our heart what they're going through. We went through a similar thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are differences in how it happens or some of the details, but it is also very similar. And that is a crisis of faith. It centers around a crisis in faith in the church itself, in the church leadership. And, um, and then also with LDS, um, people that are that are having these questions there's an additional thing that took us and the RLDS considerably longer to look at and that is they're looking at the history of the church and the teachings of the church mm-hmm. and this is something that um you know i i think there was a, a an unfortunate thing that happened in when we came out of the RLDS church, we still clung very tightly to the one true church notion, but somehow it's just going to transfer out of there and onto us, I guess. And I think that kept us back from learning some lessons sooner that we I needed to learn. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I, I had a message uh, from a lady, Rosie, this morning uh, of LDS background, and it's her great concern that when LDS finally walk away from the church, they don't also walk away from the Book of Mormon and mm-hmm. they don't lose that, uh, which is precious. You know, mm-hmm. that's a concern of mine, too. It um, is of mine as well. Yeah, I have a, um, a friend at work, co-worker, and her in-laws are LDS. And she told me it was about three or four years ago that they were going through a faith <laughs> crisis. And, and a, uh, about half of the family walked away. And I, I couldn't wrap my head around that, mm-hmm. you know. I, I just literally didn't understand. And then as I've listened to more stories and have a better understanding of kind of how the culture works, because, you know, for them, church is not just going to church on Sunday. I mean, it's their life. It's their culture. Yeah. Everything, you know, everything is all related. And once I had that understanding, it's like, wow, I just, it, I felt like my heart was being ripped out for them. You know, I, I truly, it, it pains me, you know, when I think about what, what people are going through right now. The consequences of questioning, mm-hmm. um, there, there have been consequences for people in their LDS, but there, there seem to be considerably more severe consequences 
right. when you question in the LDS, uh, you, you could lose your whole life. Right. You, you might lose your business contacts. You might lose your marriage. You might lose everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a major sacrifice mm-hmm. to break with that culture. And I really feel for them for that. Um, it's also among ourselves and the RLDS, we also have people who start having a crisis of faith about the church and end up either walking away altogether from from Christ and or any relationship in the church or any kind of church. Um, and Or they just become... I guess a regular Christian or whatever, and just forsake the Book of Mormon altogether. We have some of that happening as mm-hmm. well. It's it's not uncommon that that can happen. I've said it before, but the fall from the one and only true church is a long. It's a long drop. It is a long drop. It's a mighty ego thing, and when you have your ego punched that hard in the gut, I mean. It'll knock, rea- the, it'll knock your breath out. <laughs> yeah, your reaction and, and where you land, um, you know, depends on a lot of different factors. So, right. You know. Well, you know, and last last time, you know, we were talking a little bit about the church. Yes. You know, how that was kind of our focus growing up is the church. Everything was the church. Um, you know, and, and the danger of that is when everything is wrapped all of your faith is wrapped up in the church. Yes. And then, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I, I, I see it as like, you know, like at a carnival or something where they have all the bottles stacked on top of each other and you're trying to knock the bottles out. You know, you're trying to get the whole stack down. So what do you do? Do you aim for the top one? No, you aim for the bottom and then that takes the whole thing down. And that's kind of, I feel like that's kind of where we are in some ways is that, you know, we're we're dealing with questions, things that deal with the foundation of our belief, the foundation stuff that we have been taught from the beginning, and and stuff that happened at the beginning, at the foundation of this uh, of the forming of this of this institution, and, and and that's scary. That's scary when you look at that and go, oh my, you know, you you, you take out one chink in the bottom. Mm-hmm. One domino, and that's all it takes, is then the whole thing comes down. And I'm not sure that that, that, that is as, uh, as, as prevalent or whatever on the, the RLDS side of things. Um, but we're still pretty wrapped up in the church. And, and I think that that's a major concern for a lot of people. When Nephi says, cursed is the one who puts his trust in man. Yes. And the unfortunate thing is, as you look at the history of the church, um, they began with this Book of Mormon, mm-hmm. and uh, Joseph Smith was just one of the first elders among the first elders, not in any higher rank or anything. Uh, they were all commanded, all of them, once this was done, they were going to all go out and preach this gospel and the Bible and the Book of Mormon. <clears throat> and... You know, but something happened, um, and I think a lot of it, just in my studies, the more I study this out and I read everything that was happening in context, because you got to see what's been happening in the church right. when these things went down. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and, and there were things that happened, and I believe the adversary worked hard to bring about these various scenarios 
where there was a need to get firmer control of the church in some way or direct it in some way. And so there was that temptation. And we ended up with a, well, I, to the best word for it would be a strong man. You have to have a strong man. You have to have the person who's the leader in charge and what he says goes. Um, and, and that's what got developed. That's what we got by 1830. And that's mm-hmm. not very far into the history of church. And <clears throat> even if, you know, the Book of Mormon says, you don't want to have a king. Don't. Right, why would you right. want to have a king? You know, right. it's bad for you, especially, you know, it might not be too bad if you have a good king, but what if you get a bad king? Mm-hmm. You know, so even if Joseph Smith was golden, never made a mistake in his life, which we know isn't true. Right. But even if he did, you're setting up a bad precedent yes. because then other kings come along afterward. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the problem for both our LDS and, and I see very much with LDS is that you have been raised your entire life in a culture where there is someone you look up to, they're the prophet. You know, we talk about the church. The prophet, right. But the church has Mm -hmm. the prophet. Mm -hmm. You know, this isn't really something you see in the scriptures. It's not in the Bible or the Book of Mormon, but it's very prevalent in Mormonism. Right. And so once you walk away from that, now what? Where are you at? Uh, Right. I understand. That's a, that's a, where are you going to land from there? Um, and you could become yourself extremely anti-Mormon, you know, I guess would be the word to say, mm-hmm. and be hard against other Mormons and the Book of Mormon and everything and just come down against all of it. Uh, and that does happen. But uh, thankfully, I do believe that there are communities being generated just out of discussions like the ones that we're having. Mm-hmm. Uh, communities, there's a... In the LDS, there's something called the Doctrine of Christ community. Uh, there's different communities of people that basically they're communicating with each other, probably mostly online, but just knowing that we're not alone. You know? Right, right. So you came out of this <clears throat> one true church. It had a the prophet. Mm-hmm. That the prophet failed us in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we began to, I guess that would be the beginning of our waking up. Mm-hmm. And once you wake up from that, then, you know, where do we, is that just where, I mean, everything was fine up until 1984 or whatever it was, right, right. or how far back do the problems stem? And I think that's where you and I are both on a similar journey as far as discovering exactly where do we land on all this. Mm-hmm. Where do you land? Where's the safe place to land when you jump down from 1980, whatever, to how far back do you go? Or where is it that you land? Well, that's a good question. And I'm still, I think maybe I'm still falling. I don't know. I don't know Mm. that I've landed yet. Um, You know, I I truly believe that the Book of Mormon Mm -hmm. is scripture. I believe that. And I believe that the Book of Mormon was translated from plates. Yeah. I believe that. And I, I believe that that was Joseph's calling to translate the Book of Mormon. Beyond that, that's where, it, for me now, it, it starts to get sketchy. You know, we, we talked last time about, you know... Does it matter? 
does it matter about this? Does it matter about mm-hmm. that? Does that matter? And, and for so long, I was just kind of in this little oblivion. Eh, whatever, whatever. You know, doesn't really matter, and doesn't matter. And um, and I have come to learn and understand that it does matter. Yes. And so, um, does it matter the intent of Joseph? And you know, here's the thing. This is something that's you know, some people may go, "Wow, you're just like you have had your head in the sand," you know, for a long time. <laughs> and other people might go, well, "I didn't know that," you know. But I just found out recently, just learned recently, that you know, there's more than one depiction of the first experience, the first vision. Yep. You know, and I, I didn't know that. I mean, talk about feeling silly. You know, mm-hmm. later on, it's like, really? There's, there's, there's more than one. Oh yeah, there's, there's multiples. Like, what? Well, are you kidding me? Seriously? We've always been taught this one way, <laughs> you know. And and so yeah. that was, um, you know, that was kind of a gut punch. I felt like um, I didn't feel good. I didn't like that, um, you know. And then learning about how. Because I'd heard kind of bits and pieces over the years about how, well, you know, things the way some of the the revelations were worded in the Book of Commandments mm-hmm. have changed to how they are in the Doctrine and Covenants. And again, yeah, whatever. I I don't care. I mean, whatever. Well, now I do care, you know. Yeah. And and in seeing some of the differences, it's like, wow, that's an eye opener. Well, let me you try. Know? Let me try a. Uh feature here on this program that we have. Sure. Um, I'm going to share a screen with you. Okay. Sure. So this is a, a website where you can make, you can see comparisons from the different versions of uh, basically the Doctrine and Covenants or the early revelations. It goes back to the Book of Commandments. So on the left-hand side here, I have Book of Commandments. On the right side is Doctrine and Covenants. This is going to be, I believe, LDS uh, chapter and verse. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a okay. little bit different than ours. Uh, but it's going to be pretty close. Um, this is chapter four of the Book of Commandments. Um, so anyway, you were just mentioning this right mm-hmm. here in the first uh, paragraph. You'll notice that on the newer one, there's <clears throat> considerably more words here. Oh yeah. And and what is it that they added to? And here's and changed. Here's here's what it says. You you had just talked about this. Mm-hmm. Um. It talks about Joseph Smith um, having the gift to translate the Book of Mormon. And in here, in the Book of Commandments, it says, And he will have a gift to translate the book, and I have commanded him that he shall pretend to no other gift, for I will grant him no other gift. Seems pretty plain. Yeah, and, you know, uh, Ray Treat's purpose principle is that uh, there's a reason for everything. When God mm-hmm. speaks, he's, he's not just wasting breath. Mm-hmm. Uh, he never over-talks. Uh, if he says something, there's a very strong reason for it. He wanted this to be put down. It was recorded. You can find it in the church history. You can find it in the Book of Commandments, which was printed. Um, but then over here in 1835... Um, 
now it says you should pretend to know the gift until my purpose is fulfilled in this for a grant unto you know the gift until it is finished. A little bit of a difference there, right? A little bit of a difference, yep. All right, well, I'll stop sharing that screen. Let me get back here. So that's what you were just talking about, and that's a that's a pretty big thing. Um, I gotta wonder what the church would look like if they hadn't gone in that direction, mm-hmm. and if they had listened to what the Lord said. Would you have a the prophet, you know, seer, revelator, and president? You would there be that tradition even in the church? What would the LDS? church even look like or would there be an lds versus rlds you know just it's kind of one of these time travel movies you know right right think think about what would be the consequences if we had done if we did what what he'd asked us to do yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah totally agree so now you're looking at really it's just the book of mormon for me is a safe place to land Safe place for me to land as well, sure. I I got my testimony of that from the Lord, separate from the church, Mm -hmm. entirely separate from the church. Um, And I was ready to throw it out. I was ready to throw the Book of Mormon out because of my conversion experience. I knew knew there was a God, but I didn't know whether or not the Book of Mormon was true. I just knew my family believed in it, and I always thought I believed in it, but I didn't really know if I believed in it. And he gave me a testimony. It was the same Holy Spirit that bore witness to the Bible. So for both of us, the Book of Mormon is a safe landing place. So then I guess maybe you you say, where do we go up from there? (laughs) (laughs) And really, it it comes down to what? It it comes down to you study the Word of God, Mm -hmm. and you let the Holy Spirit bear witness and show you. And in the mouth of multiple witnesses, he will establish the truth, right? All right, exactly. Yeah. You know, and I and I feel like it's vital not only as we continue to, you know, search the word for ourselves, for our own understanding, you know, that we continue to to share what we learn in a in a love kind, loving way. Um, but also that we continue to pray for those around us, you know, pray for those mm-hmm. in our congregations, pray for those who are you know, leading the flock, so to speak. Pray for the priesthood. Pray for everyone. Pray for the members that they have that understanding as well. That they would <clears throat> maybe let go. This is going to get. I'm getting out here on the ledge. You know, let go of some of the traditions that we've been taught and allow the Spirit to lead. Amen. You know? And it, and I think that's that's the key. You know, is that we're we're so bound up in our traditions that. If you say anything contrary to the to what what we have traditionally been taught, that's considered blasphemous. Hmm. And you know, we um, a, a kind of an eye opener for me was several years ago in listening to the Restored Gospel podcast, and um, when Corey was explaining about the three glories. And, you know, and if anybody has questions about that, it's kind of one of those things. It's like, you know, I understand it well enough for me to understand it, but Mm -hmm. for me to try to lay it out and explain it in a logical way, well, you know, I'm not real good at that. But um, so if anybody has questions, go look up Restore Gospel Podcast and, (laughs) you know, look for the three glories. Um, 
but and this was probably about three years ago. But um, that that was for me kind of a definitely an eye opener, and it was one of those things where I was like, "Wow, you know, this never made sense to me. This never felt right because you know we the." The goal was to achieve celestial glory. Well, what do you have to do to achieve celestial glory? X, 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 X. Okay, so, but if you don't quite do enough, then you receive the others, blah, 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 down the road. Mm-hmm. I can never remember which is which, terrestrial and then telestial or vice versa. I don't know. I never could keep those straight either. Um, <clears throat> but that, that never made sense to me because I always felt like, that I could never measure up. And, you know, if you look at, you know, the way the gospel is laid out in the Book of Mormon, you know, oh, in the Bible as well, but the Book of Mormon, it, it's just, it's, the, and that, I think the thing I love about the Book of Mormon is it's so plain, it's so simple, it's so, it, it's something that I can relate to. You know, I'm not a rocket scientist. I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not a, I don't have a PhD in anything. I don't have, I don't have any letters behind my name, you know, I'm not anything. I'm just a normal average everyday person. So, you know, I, I guess I think simply so I need simple things. I need plain things and easy to understand and mm-hmm. and that's what I love about the Book of Mormon. But the fact that, you know, if if we if we take Christ at his word, you know, we're told that his blood atones. Yeah. Right? You know, if we have to, you know, believe. And, and you know, it's it, here's the thing. If, if we, this is how I look at it from my simplistic mind. If, if I truly believe in Christ, then I want to have that relationship with him. I want to follow him. I, be, I understand, you know, the atonement, the, the sacrifice that he made for me and how... I need him. I, I'm dependent on him and, and what he did for me. So therefore, yes, I want to follow him. And and so that, for me, that's part of that whole belief thing. It's not just going, oh, yeah, yeah, I believe. And then you turn around and you keep doing whatever you're doing, you know. I mean, there's a lot of debate on that, too. And I don't I don't know that I don't I know I know that I don't have the answers for that for sure. But no. but from my simplistic mind. You know, if we believe in what the scriptures say, that his blood atoned, then his blood atoned. You know, so we're either washed, you know, we're we're washed clean, our garments are clean before the Lord at Judgment Day, or they're not. One of the two, you know. I know know the the revelation on glories uh, that was given in 1832. And it was uh, Sidney Rigdon and Joseph Smith. Um, they were working on a translation of the Bible when they had this experience, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I know a number of people have had some serious questions about it. My my take on it at this point is rather complicated, <laughs> so I won't go into it because um, there are some truths in there, definitely. But it's interesting that. In the Book of Mormon, it's very plain. I mean, there's a guy who, you know, said he he used to be a Baptist minister. Uh, he believes in the Book of Mormon, and you know, one of his things was, you know, this book this Book of Mormon is the most Baptist book I've ever read. Right. 
Yeah. You know, for him, he's like, this is a Baptist book. And when you read it, it's, you don't see these shades of gray about salvation. Right. It's very straightforward. It is. You either have salvation and you come into the kingdom and there's not multiple kingdoms, but the kingdom of, of Christ through him. And there's only one way or you aren't in the kingdom. And, you know, it talks about it's basically hell or it's heaven or hell in a sense or paradise and hell. Uh, So that's that is interesting. And um, well, let me share this real quick here. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is out of the Book of Mormon. Um, It is uh, from Jacob and this is from Restored Gospel uh, Classic Search here on their website. Um, I'm trying to blow this up. that can be seen, but this is from the book of Jacob. Uh, it's going to be the RLDS version. So it's going to be a little bit different in LDS, but I think a lot of people will be familiar with this. It says, but behold, the Jews were a stiff necked people and, and they despised the words of plainness. One of the things we're told about the book of Mormon is that it's very plain, right? Right. Plain to the understanding of man. And Mm -hmm. and Nephi says that my soul delighteth in the plainness of God. And, you know, God delights in plainness. He doesn't like to be all mysterious and speak in code. This is the way Satan works. I mean, mean, secret codes and combinations, right? Mm -hmm. But the Lord is very plain. Uh, Later on, Satan comes along and he messes around with our scriptures and tries to make them not plain. Uh, But it says here the Jews were a stiff-necked people. They despised words of plainness. And killed the prophets, and they sought for things that they could not understand. When I read that years ago, the Holy Spirit hit me, and I realized that this applied to us. In fact, I even had one incident where I was reading a passage of Scripture, and the Holy Spirit spoke into my mind and said that he likened the saints of the Restoration as unto the Jews of old. Wow. And so now when I'm reading this and it says that they sought for things they could not understand, the Holy Spirit was just bearing witness that this is the story of the restoration as well. We started out with a very plain understanding. And it says here, wherefore, because of their blindness, which blindness came by looking beyond the mark, they must needs fall. For God hath taken away his plainness from them and delivered unto them many things which they cannot understand because they desired it. So Joseph Smith had received revelation on how to get the Book of Mormon printed and how to pay for it. Uh It was taking too long for certain people who were impatient. And they kept saying, well, Joseph, surely there's a different way of doing it. You should go to the Lord and ask him, if this would be a good way to do it, and that was to go to Canada and go get this copyright. And and sure enough, Joseph goes and asks the Lord, inquires of the Lord, and then he gets a revelation that these certain men are to go to Canada and go get, this is how they're going to get the money. Doesn't work. Complete failure. And they come back and like, how could it be the Lord gave us a revelation? And it didn't it didn't work. I mean, the Lord word doesn't fail. Joseph said, I don't know. This is one of the most honest moments in Joseph's life. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I can't imagine the egg on your face and how you're feeling about this. I like, and I just love the simplicity of the answer. I don't know. I'll go inquire of the Lord. 
So he goes and asks the Lord, and that's where we get this thing that the Lord began to communicate about, hey, there are a lot of sources of revelations. There's God, there's man, and there's Satan. That was three different sources. Mm-hmm. So which one was this? You know, and, and what I when I look at Jacob there, I see that who delivers them there to, to their delusion? The Lord said he would. Right. Because that's what they asked for. That's what they desired. Christ said, whatever you ask for, you will receive. Mm -hmm. If you ask amiss, it's to your condemnation. Uh, So if God tells you something, but you're not really wanting to do it that way, so you start bugging him for a different way, what's going to happen? According to his scripture, you're going to be delivered to a revelation that says, yeah, go ahead and do it your way. Right. And then you'll eat eat the bitter fruit of it. Well, you know, and here's a point to what you were just saying. And I think this is so important. We're also told to seek from the Lord what we are to ask. Yeah. Okay, so if we pray to the Lord, Lord, what do you, give me the words to pray. Give me what to ask for. Instead of me just asking on my own, you know, a leading thing, you know, hey, so do you think we should do this or whatever? I mean, yes, there's we, we, we still do that anyway, but I think... Um, it's important that we truly try to seek, you know, his spirit as much as we can to allow his spirit to lead us as we pray for those things, mm-hmm. you know, that we are truly praying the will of the Lord. And then I think that he will give us the righteous things to ask, and then he will give us those things if we don't ask amiss. You know, yeah. how do you not ask amiss when you're human and prone to error? Exactly. Unless that's, that's a good question. you let the Holy Spirit lead you. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so, you know, we were talking about the glories a bit and I, and I, you know, it's, it's a one revelation that came along. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting revelation. It proposes certain ideas. Um, I've seen, especially in LDS, um, but it also happens in the RLDS, but I've seen in conversations where the three glories appear in every conversation. Mm. They're applied over, they're, they're often applied over top of all kinds of things that the Lord never even spoke of in terms of those terms, you know, mm-hmm. but even like our bodies, well, right now we have a terrestrial body or we have a telestial body. I've. I've heard discussions about Zion, that there's different versions of Zion and levels of Zion. Well, right now we're, we're in the telestial Zion or it's, it's really interesting. We have a lot of this kind of this, these, uh, this dialogue and using the, these terms in different ways. But when I, you know, when I look at, when I look at the teachings of Christ, they're very simple mm-hmm. and he does teach, uh, that you can enter into the kingdom of God. He teaches about the kingdom, uh, something like 50 times. He mentions the kingdom in the gospels. I think he mentions the church three or four times. That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's all about the kingdom. If there are, if there are varying degrees of glory, I don't know for sure. Are there different degrees of reward? I believe so. After salvation, if we're rewarded according to our works, book of revelation, But what I see is Christ only ever taught the highest level, the highest level. Mm -hmm. Uh, He only ever taught 
if you will, the celestial glory. When he's talking about the kingdom, he's talking about his kingdom, and there aren't multiple kingdoms. That's right. So those other kingdoms are lesser kingdoms. Um, why would you aim for those? You definitely don't want to aim for those. And uh, that's one thing I, I wanted to bring up is that when I read that revelation many years ago, asking the Lord about it, the one thing I realized is if this is true, it's very dangerous for the church to even have a knowledge of this or for the world to have a knowledge of it. Because I don't, I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, well, I know I'm not good enough for celestial glory. So I'm just aiming for terrestrial <clears throat> glory. Right. And, and all I can say is, well, if you're a trapeze person in a circus and you've got a, and there's only one safety net and you're aiming right for the safety net, if you miss, where are you going? You know, I mean, you need, you're supposed to be aiming for the next, you know, the next tier or whatever, the next tier. Yeah. You're you're not supposed to be aiming for the safety net. The safety net is there just in case. Right. But if you're aiming at a safety net, are are we not putting our, our immortal souls in danger, so to speak? (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, One of the things you talked about was, you know, the, the idea of one prophet versus multiple prophets. Mm-hmm. Or many prophets. Mm-hmm. Where is your thinking evolved in that? <laughs> you know, it, <laughs> I, it's like anything else. I'm I'm still formulating thoughts, ideas. You know, let me let me shift gears back to the three glories real quick. I I don't I, I struggle with the thought of the three glories. I'm going to be straight up. I do. I struggle with that idea. And so, and so, you know, how I reconcile that is, I don't know, but my focus is on Christ. My focus is on, I want to be that person that he created me to be. I want to, I want to do those things that, that, um, you know, at the end, you know, that I'll hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You know, that's mm-hmm. what I, I want to be with Christ. So so as far as the three glories, I can't, I can't reconcile it. So I just kind of put it on the back burner and focus on Christ. Okay. Well, so, question, a question <clears throat> that arises in my mind as you talk about that is, of what value is that knowledge? Even if it's true. Um <sighs> This, that's this a, is that's all a good about question. the right. It's all about the judgments of God, right? Um, we know what the scriptures say we are to do and what mm-hmm. God expects from us. We mm-hmm. know that we're to be obedient to His word, right? Um, so even if it were true that there were three different places or glories or rewards or whatever after uh, all is said and done, and it then that's a mystery. And of what value is that? And how does it? help you get there does it help you achieve celestial glory by knowing there's a celestial glory or a terrestrial glory yeah you know i i would want to i, I think from for myself I, I would rather not know if there truly are other glories because like you say you know how easy it is to just uh, to slack mm-hmm. right i mean that's human nature you know yeah. we, we a lot of times we'll take the easiest path the path of least resistance mm-hmm. and so i don't want that i want to be with the lord I don't want to have to think, okay, 
if I do this, then this is celestial glory. But if I do this, oh, this is terrestrial or this is no, I just want to be with the Lord. I just want to mm-hmm. to, you know, be a part of the kingdom, however that shapes up. And and if that's with the Lord, then then, then I'm good, you know. Yeah. I, and so so that's kind of where I am on that, you know. And, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, um, I've I've come across over time some RLDS, LDS people, a mix of people who have in their searching and, and they become very open to all kinds of different teachings and ideas mm-hmm. and basically added them uh, rather than actually getting rid of some ideas maybe that weren't the right ideas. They gotcha. seem to multiply the amount of doctrines and mysteries. They, they're really much into any kind of anything that comes out. Some strange guy out in Utah writes some record, claims it's a sealed book or something. And it may say all kinds of bizarre things, but they will receive it. I have just a lot of these types of things going on. And I had people telling me all kinds of strange things, mixing in the new age and everything else with the doctrine of Christ. And they tell me about, well, you know, you, you got to understand you do have, we have to vibrate up to a certain level. It's all about vibrations. And so to achieve higher levels of, of whatever consciousness we need to, our vibration levels must go up. And my question is always the same. Of what value is it for me to know about how I need to vibrate at a certain frequency? There's what am I going to do to make myself vibrate into right. the in, in, to be translated or to be caught up into heaven? I can't vibrate myself into heaven. It, that's not how it's achieved. If it is about vibrations, it's through doing the things that the Lord speaks about in his scriptures. You know, that, yes. that's that's the thing. And to me, that kind of reminds me what you're talking about with the glories is that the record that he gave us, the things that he told us, those are how we get to where we need to go. Having a knowledge of these things is possibly a distraction, would you say? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would say so. I would say so. So, like, for me, basically, yeah, I, I've just kind of taken that out let's just let's just say in this journey of life you know we have our i'd rather do a backpack than a suitcase you know because suitcase you have to carry it but a backpack (laughs) at least you have your hands free um so but i i do i think i pretty much have taken that three glories thing out of my backpack Mm -hmm. and and i've just kind of set it to the side you know it's there if i if i need to go back to it or want to go back to it or feel directed to go back to it, okay, sure, I can always do that, but I don't need to carry it with me. That's not my focus. I don't see that I personally, speaking for myself, personally, I don't know that that knowledge or that that, you know, my my little three glory thing, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. is going to actually help me on my journey, on the path. So therefore... Okay, if if it's just weighing me down, and, and 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 causing a distraction, then I don't want that. I don't need yeah. that. So I mean, that's kind of where I am on that, and and that's kind of where I am with the prophet. You know, I mean, the idea that you know, you know, I, I, the, the 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 in the last week or so, the the hymn. You know, we thank the O God for a prophet to guide us in these latter mm-hmm. days. You know, that just kind of keeps going through my mind sometimes. And yeah, I think about that, and it's like, well, you know, again, I'm going out on a on a limb here. 
you know, and this might be offensive to some people. Um, and if it is, then then okay, it's that's fine. But I, I feel like that you know part of this is programming. We have been we've been taught this. We've been basically programmed to believe that we have to have a prophet to bring us closer to the Lord. To and I'm 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 just going to throw something out because a lot of people from the outside looking in will say, well, what's the difference between a prop your your prophet? Meaning, and I'm talking general here, right? Not mm-hmm. necessarily RLDS, LDS, whatever, but in general, what's the difference between your prophet and the Pope? That's a valid question. You know, and and, and that's I'm not saying that, I'm not I'm not saying that well they're in the same league or whatever, but mm-hmm. um, that it's just it's something to think about, and it's something that I know that that outside people especially look at that and go. Um, okay, you know, so what's the thing with that? So as I have been kind of getting into this understanding that Joseph's true gift, I mean, he only had one gift, right? That's, that's what he was told originally. Um, I, I don't know. You know, it's, at first it was very disconcerting. And I felt like, you know, wow, I've really, talk about being deluded, you know. However, um, and it would be easy to go, you know, I'm done. I'm done with this. This is just crazy. You know, what else, What other, quote, lies have they told us? Or what other mm-hmm. falsehoods? Or yeah. what other What other uh, dark paths have they let us down, you know, taking us off that straight and narrow? But, you know, in the end, I, I don't, I don't want to go that route, you know, because it's like, okay, if, if that was the case, if 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 Joseph, you know, kind of went off and did stuff on his own, which kind of you know, if you read into things, it kind of looks that way, um, and he was pressured and et cetera, et cetera, with the people around him. Um, does that take away from what he was able to do with the Book of Mormon? It's kind of like you know David, David with his you know with his issue with Bathsheba, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does that detract from the fact that he killed Goliath? I and mean, wrote is that the just, Psalms and wrote the Psalms? Yeah. And you know, and and you know, was the king right? Mm-hmm. D- does that detract from that? I mean, basically, what that shows is that he was a fallible person. He was human. He and he, yeah. you know, and, and what we all do as humans, no matter how badly we may want to follow the Lord. I'll speak for myself. I don't want to speak for all of humanity, but I'll speak for myself. There's times, no matter how much I, I des- have that de- that burning desire to be that person God created me to be, I still make stupid mistakes. Yeah. You know, I still do stupid things that afterwards I'm like, oh, what the heck was I thinking? Why did I say that? Why did I do this? Why? You know, because I know better. Mm-hmm. But we still do those things, you know. And so, I, for me again, it, it goes back to you know that 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 tower of bottles, right? If we take Joseph out, if we're so wrapped up in the church, right, and we take Joseph out, saying, okay, well, he was not a valid prophet, 
we really shouldn't be having prophets to lead us. We don't need prophets to lead us, if that's the case. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying if it is, <clears throat> then that tumbles the entire thing, right? If we're so wrapped up in the church. Yeah. But I'm looking at that, I guess, from the standpoint of, yes, I definitely have serious questions about that. Whether Joseph truly was a quote prophet to lead the church, if that was his calling to do that, to do so, and do we need, you know, do we need to continue with with prophets? Hang on. But the the question I think <clears throat> for me, if if Joseph was not a prophet, where does that leave me? And it, and I can tell you where it leaves me. It leaves me believing that the Book of Mormon is scripture. <clears throat> the Book of Mormon is my safety net. And it strengthens my belief and my faith in Christ. This whole journey that, I, that I'm on, that we're all on, right? We're all on this journey called life. This whole journey is just bringing me closer to him. The more rabbit trails I go down, in the last few years I've gone down quite a few very dark rabbit trails dealing with things. <laughs> um, but the, the more I learn, instead of saying, you know what, it's hopeless, we're done. We're done. No, that has just strengthened my faith. Mm-hmm. That's made me, you know, it, it almost is like, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. This is the all this darkness. You know, what, what do you do when you have darkness? What, what, what's You have to have hope, right, that somewhere along the way there's going to be some light to be able to see, to find your way Absolutely. through. You know, and, and that's why I guess, you know, this is really, the Book of Mormon has just been, it, it's, it's always been, special to me ever since I was I shared last time you know my conversion <clears throat> to the Book of Mormon and, and the understanding that, that it is God's word and um, you know it, the fact that I truly do believe it is the rod of iron and we are in these days of darkness and we have to cling to that rod of iron we have to cling to his word no matter what's going on around us keep your focus on Christ you know yeah when you're in darkness you have to look to the light as you said, and that light is the light of Christ. Yes. If that light that we look to is a man, a prophet at the head of an institutional church, as Nephi says, cursed is the man who trusts in a man, right? Mm-hmm. Anyone who trusts in a man cursed are they. Um, but if we look to Christ, he never fails us. He's the one prophet that we are told that is the prophet that will come that if you do not hear that prophet, you'll be cut off. That revelation has never been about anyone other than Christ. It has always been about Christ Mm -hmm. himself. So, you know, uh, you were speaking about, um, where do you, you end on your quest of questioning, um, you know, what should, what can I even believe in? And this has been the concern, I think, of a lot of people, even as I talk like Mike Barrett and others, um, 
and restored gospel podcasts and other people is at times there's concerns that are brought up by people about if you raise any questions about anything in the church, right or wrong, whether they're right or wrong, that, you know, you'll destroy mm-hmm. people's faith. Mm-hmm. And, but if, if you don't know where the truth is at all, when you start questioning, if you don't have a place that you know and have a testimony of, what was your testimony of? What faith is being destroyed except a faith in an institutional church right. or faith in a human being in which Nephi says we're, you're cursed if you put your faith in another human being like that, a fallible human being? Um, we've got to we got to get our faith off of those things. Yes. Uh, someone asked me, well, if, if Joseph Smith turns out to have been, well, let's say a fallen prophet or um, that he messed up so badly at some point that we don't we don't know if some of these things later on are true at all, then then how can I even believe in the Book of Mormon? And for me, I don't even I can't even process that kind of thinking because. Do you not know the Holy Spirit? If you don't have the Holy Spirit with you, guiding you and leading you all truth, where are you? You're lost. Mm -hmm. You were lost all along and you didn't even know it until you started questioning or looking at questions about the church because the Holy Spirit leads us to all truth. And I know of a surety that Christ is is God, that he is the Lord, and that the Bible is true. And I know that the Book of Mormon is true with certainty because the Holy Spirit has revealed it to me. And so, you know, if, you, if you're troubled by these questions that you might throw everything out, it's time to go to God. I mean, yes. set everything aside, yes. take, a, take a vacation, and go to the mountain go out into the woods, get alone and you, and you got to get with God and have an experience with him because he's real. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. He speaks to us and he speaks to us in our heart and in our mind. He speaks to us in many different ways and he's in and through all things. There's a testimony of the truth of all things. And when you see the truth, that spirit within you recognizes that truth and you know that it's true. And so I would just say, you know, as we talk about these things, if you're if you're troubled with those things, when you hear them, um, you need to cling to those things that are true. And and if you don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit so that he can guide you in those things and divide out what is of the Lord and what isn't you need that that is your primary focus, which brings us back to the Book of Mormon, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Because it does. It does. That's its purpose is it tells us how to have that relationship with Christ, that we can be a transformed creature, that we can have his spirit with us. Mm-hmm. And and I believe that's where the church falters and, and fell down is we have forgotten those things. Whole church came under condemnation, 1832. Why? They forgot the new covenant. And they and treated they, lightly it, the things of the Book of Mormon. They treated the Book of Mormon lightly. Mm-hmm. They never repented of that. No. I never saw any evidence that they ever repented of it. And the Lord never lifted that condemnation. And what you see is the saints are they are just literally scourged and driven from one place to another. 
And the Lord says, if you'll repent, I'll, I'll bring your, I'll, I'll return your houses and your property to you in Jackson County. You'll have it. Just repent. I'll send someone like Moses to, or whatever that needs to be done. And it never happened. So if those were the words of the Lord, then that means the repentance wasn't done because God doesn't fail. We're the only ones that fail. Uh, His word is true. So if he's saying, if you'll repent, this is what will happen. If that thing never happens, there's only one. There's only one conclusion you can come to. We never repented as a people. Mm -hmm. And I would dare say that is the very reason why the RLDS crumbled and is falling apart. And it's the very reason why the LDS is now facing a crisis. Yes. And its people will begin to flee from it because the Lord needs us to land on the true foundation that he has set, which is himself. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I heard a sermon a couple of years ago kind of talking about this. <clears throat> and they were talking about the process of, of planting and essentially, you know, you have, you know, the seed that's planted and how it, it had, I won't go through all the stuff, but you know how it, it, it has to break its skin and mm-hmm. all this stuff, you know, the, the turmoil. Has to die, has to die <clears throat> Die to, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> well, then, you know, you have this stalk that grows up and there's more seeds that come off of it. And then eventually the stalk withers and dies because you have these these new seeds that are now kind of you know doing the same thing same cycle and it was related to you know the church is the stock mm-hmm. and we're trying to recreate the stock we can't do that we can't go back we have to go forward you know and we we have to rely on Christ we have to focus on Christ you know what does all of this mean I don't know, but we're so busy looking, waiting for a prophet, trying to decide who has the authority and who doesn't have the authority. You know, when you when you go back and you read the Book of Mormon, you know, like you said, it doesn't talk about you know one prophet that leads everybody. There's certain prophets that are mentioned, you know, that <clears throat> that were obviously very high up, but they had so many other people that that were doing the same thing. So many other prophets that were. You know, preaching. What were they preaching? What did they preach all throughout the Book of Mormon? Right? Repentance. Repentance. Repentance, Return to the Lord. And I think that's that's our thing that we have to focus on. You know, Mm -hmm. whether whether Joseph was truly a prophet or not, whether there really are three glories or not, fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. You know, that's just... That's just the physical stuff. We're looking at the temporal things, I think. Mm-hmm. If you pull back from the 30, and look at it more from the 30,000 foot view, we're so wrapped up in what's happening right now, right now in, in, you know, in, in real time, that we're not looking at the overall picture. And the overall picture is that the Lord wants us to return to him. And how do we do that? We repent, we get on our knees, we repent, we humble ourselves, and we truly seek his face. And we have our own relationship with him. Yes, we do. It says you must hear his voice. Yes. And obey it. You know, that's, what did Moses say? You know, uh, 
uh, these other people prophesied in the camp, Moses, you know, you better put a stop to this, you know. Right. And Moses says, I, I would to God that all of the people in the camp of Israel, that they were all prophets. And when I look at the Bible and the New Testament in particular, and in the Book of Mormon especially, what I'm reading there is that that book is leading us that each of us must have our own personal relationship. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter that you're the member of some club, some earthly institution, some church organization that doesn't get you into heaven. It doesn't get you anything in life, you know, other than maybe a false sense of comfort. There's, but you must have a relationship with Christ yourself. Mm -hmm. As an individual, you need to hear his voice. And so if we're all hearing his voice and we're all speaking the words that he has given to us and sharing the truths that he shares with us, then at that point, are we not the body of Christ as it should be in the mouth of multiple witnesses, every word established rather than the mouth of one? That's a huge difference, isn't it? It's a huge difference. Yes, that sure is. And I think it's vital, vital. It's there for us to learn from. It's vital for us to look at that and say, okay, you know what? Here's some things I don't agree with, or here's some things I struggle with. I'm not sure how to reconcile it, but I'm not going to contend with my brother over that. Yeah. You know, I I want to put my, my hope, my faith, my focus on Christ. And, you know, somewhere along the way, It'll all, we'll learn, I believe. If, if we all focus on him, we all come to him and are like the, the Lamanites. Once they were converted, they were firm and steadfast and immovable, and they never looked back. I want to be like that. I don't want to be fickle in my faith. I want to be strong and firm and steadfast. And when I see, when I see the multitudes coming towards me, I want to have the faith to be able to lay prostrate on the earth and to to sing my praises to the Lord as they're ready to take my life. I want to have that kind of faith. I don't know that I'm there yet. In fact, I know I'm not. You know, <clears throat> but that's I mean it's, it's that's what I think that's why those things are there. They're there for us to learn from and and we're looking at you know what works. What we see in in that part of the Book of Mormon, I think that's what we're seeing right now, mm. and and we can we can change the course of it if if the righteous people will get on their knees and pray. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and that, and that takes us back to um, what we talked about the last time in the previous uh, interview mm -hmm. uh, episode was defining the church, right? Uh, because. God's definition of the church in the scriptures is different than the one that we were raised with. Yes. For our yes. definition of the church is an institution. Um, it's an organization, earthly organization. It's a hierarchy, um, et cetera. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But when we look at Christ's definition of the church, it's, it comes to us right out of the book of Mormon in particular and the Bible very strong in the Book of Mormon, but even in the Doctrine and Covenants, early on, it's RLDS Section 3, and I think it might actually be 3 or 4, I don't remember, in the LDS, but Section 3, this is a revelation given directly from the Yerman Thummim. And it's so simple. Christ says, 
all those who come unto me and believe on me, they're my church. And anyone who adds to this or takes away from that comes of the devil. And so when we look at the actual definition, according to God, not our definition, but his definition, um, you know, you look at, you just mentioned the contentions that went on in the church. You know, what were they contending about? They were contending over the basic principles of the gospel of Christ. Mm -hmm. They didn't want to believe it, you know? Um, and, and there was those who were teaching even about how that the law of Moses would end when Christ came. And there was a contention over that, you know? Right. <laughs> um, and so, but it was always over the, the gospel of Christ. And to some degree we have to, you know, Paul actually talks about contending for the truth or whatever, but we also know that contention is of the devil. And so depending on how you're defining that. We do need to stand for the truth, and that truth is what? It's, it's the truth is not dependent on uh, mis mysteries that we don't quite understand. It's uh, the truth is that we need to contend over is not the glories or any of those things, but it comes down to what is the basic gospel and and doctrine principles that Christ laid down. They're in the right. Book of Mormon. They're they're right. so clear and. And there's, and there's where it is, is that, you know, those who are his true church adhere to his true teachings. It's as simple as that. And I, it doesn't matter what our church background is. And for me, that's, that's encouraging. I agree. That's highly encouraging. Yes. People say, well, are you still in the church or did you leave the church? It doesn't even matter to me anymore. When I speak to somebody, whether they're in the church or out of the church or that church or this church, doesn't matter. What I need to hear is, do you believe in what Christ said? Have you come unto him? Is he the one you're looking to? Is he the light of your world? Is everything he said, that everything revolves around him and him as the prophet that we must hear? Then you're his church and you're in the same church as I am. Powerful to me. Very. And when people get discouraged, it's usually because they're looking at the earthly side of things, isn't it? Right. Right. Yes, exactly. Uh, well, the church, yeah. is, church is in terrible shape. I feel very sad about it. I totally understand that. Me but too. But also, where are you looking? You're looking, right. you're looking to the things of the flesh. You're looking to the earthly organization or an institution. You're going to be sad. I mean, we're going to go through a lot of things in this world. And have things torn away from us that are not necessarily good for us. And and people can either be sad and they just see that it looks like Satan is taking all these things away from us. Or you could see the hand of God at work purifying and bringing us to a more pure religion, you know, where he is the sole object of our affection. Agreed. Was well, there anything else you, you kind of prodding you right now in your heart that you you want to talk about i know you know we brought up the idea of doctrine covenants and some thoughts on that and so forth is there anything you know you felt like you wanted to discuss more no um I, yes yeah the, the thing about the doctrine and covenants is i'm just going to throw this out i thought this was kind of interesting and i've talked with different people over the years and how you know 
I, I of of the three books, that's the one that I use the least. You know, <clears throat> I struggle with reading it. I have a hard time reading it. It just, I don't like it. I'll be straight up. I don't like it. And I've talked with other people, and they have shared the same thing. And so we had a Sunday school class a couple of years ago, and one of the questions was, you know, if you're going to start reading the Bible, Book of Mormon, Doctrine and Covenants, where's a good place to start? You know? And so they were talking about the Doctrine and Covenants, and, and I just I just spoke up, and I said, you know, <clears throat> I've always struggled with reading the Doctrine and Covenants. I don't like it. I mean, I was, you know, I don't like it. I don't like reading it. I know there's gems in there somewhere, mm-hmm. but you have to look for them, you know. And and people kind of snickered, they kind of giggled, you know. But nobody said anything, and I'm like, okay, well, am I the only one that feels this way, you know? <clears throat> so, um, yeah, the Doctrine and Covenants is still there. I Not that I don't read it, you know. I do. Um, but my my love... What brings me peace, what brings me um, the spirit is reading the Book of Mormon. You know, I feel like I have a better, greater understanding of who Christ is. I feel like I have a greater understanding of what I'm supposed to do, you know, who I'm supposed to be. Hmm. And I, I thought that, uh, you know, we've always kind of, I don't know about your background, um, you know, we're kind of the same, right? The whole born again thing. Well, we're a restoration. We're not born again. <laughs> <clears throat> but the thing with the born again thing is that if you read an Alma, you have to be born again. Yeah. You know, and I remember one day I was reading through my Book of Mormon and, and it just clicked. I saw that and I'm like, what? You know, so I'm like, all right, I'm all in. I'm all in. You know, that's and, right. I, and I and I think overall, you know, that's that's what I want to say. That's my message to anybody out there that has questions, that is not sure about the church, about their faith, about does it all make sense? You know, um, having a faith crisis. Don't put your faith in the church. Don't put your faith in the prophet, whoever the prophet might be, who is a man. Don't put your faith in him. Put your faith in Christ. Christ. Put your faith in him. Look to him. And he is our hope. He's my hope. He, he's the only way that I know I'm going to get anywhere out of this world, you know. Moving to the next world, wherever that is, whichever he, glory it's in, I don't know, but he, I know he, it's He's the Christ. author and finisher of our faith. Yes, he is. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's that's the thing that I really want to say is put your faith in Christ, not the church. He who began this good work in you is faithful to complete it. And so those that are maybe coming out of a church organization or an institution or walking away from a, a fallible, a fallible prophet, a man, um, you're seeking Christ, you know, it's not the prophet of the church per se, or the institution itself. That is the, it's not the author and finisher of your faith. No. 
And if it's telling you that it, you're required to have these various ceremonies in a temple of some sort that are that are done and performed only by certain priests, and that this is the way forward and to get to get back to God, I've got news for you. We already had that system. It was under the old covenant and the Old Testament, and you had to go to certain priests, and only they could do these things, and you had to have a temple and a tabernacle. What happened to that 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 temple? And Jesus said, not even one stone will be left upon another. That religion was destroyed on purpose. And I find it ironic that the restoration, when you read the early history of it, when they have all the gifts of the Holy Spirit among them, and they enjoyed that that happiness, that peace, and the joy, and they were the excitement that was going on. They they looked more like a Pentecostal church mm-hmm. than they do today. What we call the Restoration, <clears throat> and where we ended up as a Restoration looks incredibly like the Catholic Church, which the Book of Mormon seems to be claiming was part of this great and abominable church. You know, mm-hmm. this huge emphasis on priesthood temples you know um we even have our own version of a pope there's one guy who's standing there in the place of christ because i guess christ went away he's not he he's coming back someday but he's not really attending his church he's not really the head of the church he's putting someone else in his place and you know funny enough i thought what i read in the scriptures both in the bible and book of mormon is that christ said yeah i'm ascending to the father but i'm sending you the holy spirit Right. And so you're still going to be, I'm still going to be communicating to you through this spirit and the spirit will lead you in all things you should do. Well, that's okay. You can keep that. Jesus, we will, we'll have this dude over here. They'll just be like you. We'll go, we'll look to him for all things. That's essentially what we did. Isn't it? I think so. Yeah. That's what it feels like. Yeah. I just try to look at things from a, I guess a broad perspective. Because the Doctrine and Covenants has a mix of things. It, it has all kinds of things in it, and um, good or bad or whatever. But, you know, what is the one thing you never find people arguing about in the church or in the Restoration? Do they argue over the, the basic gospel principles of the Book of Mormon and the Bible? It's not usually where the... Not usually, no. Yeah, it's not usually where we have contention or division. And I've noticed, you know, it says how we judge things by the fruit of them. And what I've noticed is every division that I've seen in the church and every time the adversary has found his way in through some back door or some open, you know, crack in the window or something, it's always come from that book. And I think that's something we need to deal with and understand. Um, I've said this before. And maybe it sounds crazy, but I just, this was to me a revelation when I read the Bible where it talked about these two records coming together. And then the, in the book of Mormon, when it talks about the Bible and the book of Mormon growing into one, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's talking about a two in one that we would be given and that that would set aside all of the errors and the problems and the contentions. If we would just adhere to those things and somehow we have a three in one. And we, we have four all kinds and one. yeah, and we, or for one, and we have mm-hmm. all kinds of contentions and problems and issues, and we are diverted in all different directions. And somehow we have lost track of 
the truth, the basic fundamental truth that is revealed in plainness in the Book of Mormon. And I think that's probably where we both come down on it is not so much to be against anything in particular. Right. But to say, what did the Lord tell us? We have treated lightly this record. It's time to go back and read what it actually says and follow it. Mm-hmm. And if you find that there's something in your life or the church teaches is, is a contradiction that is contrary to what is written in the Book of Mormon, well, then it's time to go to the Lord and find out what, what's going on here, because there's a problem if, if that's the case. Agreed. And, you know, it's, it's not my, and I know it's not your uh, desire either to cause contention. We're just asking questions. We're asking you know, straightforward questions, and I think if we don't ask questions, if we're not seeking, we're told to ask, seek, knock, right? Absolutely. If, if we're not doing those things, then we can easily be led astray, you know, by a flaxen cord around our neck. And I feel like that that's kind of where I've been for years, mm-hmm. because I, quote, didn't care, ah, whatever, you know. Well, no, now I do care. And... You know, I, it's not my my desire to to cause contention, to raise contention. No. You know, ask questions. Do I have questions? Obviously, I do. We talked about several of them. Do I have answers to those questions? Yes, I do. Christ. Christ is my answer. I mean, can, mm-hmm. I, can I answer those questions, <clears throat> you know, the way people expect it to be answered? No. I, I don't have those answers. But I do have one answer that trumps everything, and that is Christ. And so that's that's the hope I have, and I think that's the hope, you know, the hope of the world. Absolutely. That is the hope. And one thing I know, Kathy, is that you can hear the Holy Spirit, that you can have a relationship with Christ, and he can give you all the answers you need. I just believe him 100% what he says in his scriptures. That was probably my big mistake from the beginning that got me into so much trouble is I just believe, I believe in that same Jesus that's, that we read about in the Bible and the book of Mormon. I believe in that Jesus and I believe his word when he says that ask and I will give you answers. Right. I just know that he will. Yes. And he, and he does. He does. But, but we have to ask, we have but, to seek that when his answers don't match the traditions of the church, but they do match what the scriptures say, in particular, the Bible and the Book of Mormon. Who are you going to believe? Are you going to doubt what he's telling you? Or are you going to go with that same spirit that is in the Bible and the Book of Mormon? Because there are a lot of spirits out there. Yes, there are. And, you know, it's not the LDS alone that is troubled by some of these other spirits. The RLDS has been filled with all kinds of manner of spirits and uh, misdirection and all kinds of notions. Um, the whole it, world has been. It's from not the just very, us. Yeah, it's from the very beginning. It goes back to that. Right. It goes back to that parable about the the, the field of wheat. You know, the yep. Lord, the yep. Lord sowed good wheat. Mm-hmm. He 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 gave us the New Testament. He gave us the testimony of Christ. We were stumbling, though, as Gentiles. There was all kinds of misunderstanding, I guess, over the doctrine of Christ. I, you know, they no one could agree on what it even took to be saved. They all had the same Bible, but no, there was like how many different 
churches, you know, and, and being born out of these disagreements. And so what did the Lord do? He gave us this tremendous gift of the Book of Mormon. And it's so plain, and it just it corrects any of those misunderstandings. If you just take a look at it and put it together with the Bible, it just it fixes everything. And yet, what have we done? We, we got lost in the weeds somewhere along the way. I agree. We sure did. I, 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 I finally realized that how Satan takes away from the Word of God is generally by adding to it. Because mm. you just get lost in the weeds. And there's so many distractions and things that we're looking at. Mm-hmm. We lose track of that, just the fundamental, basic, plain gospel and doctrine of Jesus Christ. So my, Amen, prayer, that, my, my prayer that we can all come to that and leave behind those things that are, that are not bearing the fruit that they should. You know, if they were from him, they should bear greater fruit than they do. But instead of just the trappings of religion, dead religion, they're not bringing life to us. No. So, well, it's been good talking to you, Kathy. Yeah, it's been fun. So we'll have to do this again someday. Sure. And keep in touch in between those times anyway. By all means. Any last words or words of advice or counsel you would, uh, statements you would make? Keep your eyes upon Jesus and look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim. And the light of his glory and grace. And I cling to that. Amen. In this world of darkness in which we live, keep your eyes on Jesus. That's 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 my advice. Mm. Well, I know we've raised a number of questions. um, So hopefully we haven't offended anybody too much. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Never is my aim to do that, but I do want to get to the truth. And sometimes, you know, uh, you know, as the Joker said in Batman, you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet. You do. Uh, this sometimes, is true. Sometimes we have to just tread in places that uh, maybe some people would be afraid to do so. But we have to. I, I feel, I've always found that the Lord is a rewarder of those who have questions and those that just daring daring and bold enough to come to him and say, Lord, th- what's going on here? This doesn't seem to make sense to me can you explain this to me he wants us to come to him like that yes he does and he rewards those that do you know um not for the sake of contention or just to be uh, unbelieving but i need to believe in the right things and people have told me all kinds of things growing up i've been taught all kinds of things from the pulpit Yes. But then I go to read my scriptures, and if I just believe what those two books of scriptures tell me, there's a problem right away. Mm-hmm. I start running into major problems, and there's only one solution, and that is to go directly to God to get our answers. You know, and I think also it just, the thought just hit me when you're talking about that is that the 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 tendency or the want the desire possibly <clears throat> to just say you know what i'm done with like church per se church you know and i'm just gonna stay home and i'm just gonna read and i'm just gonna commune with the lord and there, there's nothing wrong with that in and of itself um i i have been known to have done that for you know a year or two i'm kind of mm-hmm. in between in my searchings and trying to figure things out and and all of that um 
And so uh, there, there's a lot that can be learned through your own study and your own, you know, desire. However, you know, the Lord created us to be relational beings. You know, and it and the the strength that you receive from the body. I'm not talking about the church. I'm talking about from the body yeah. of believers, which is the church, right? That just that strengthens me so much, and I and I think that that's vital. And so, that's another thing I would just encourage people. You know, if if you're on this journey, this faith crisis journey, you know, it, it's it's okay and it's good to do some soul searching, obviously, and to do your own research and study by yourself. That's 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 fine. That's all well and good. But don't do it exclusively to the point to where you no longer have any affiliation or interaction with a body of believers. I think that's vital. I think, you know, that we 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 get our strength and support from each other. Obviously, like okay, so okay, I know, I know, I just stepped out, you know, but but we are, ultimately we get it from the Lord. But the Lord is working through others. And sometimes it's that reaching out. It's thinking about somebody and giving them a call or sending them a card or, or whatever. And oh. what it, and, and that, that, that steps in right when they needed it, mm-hmm. right where they were. And what is that? Is that is that you, the person doing that? No, it's the Holy Spirit working through you. Being the, you're being the hands and the feet, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I just feel like that that's... Another thing that's just, that's so it's so tempting, especially once you get out of the habit of going to a body, you know, uh, of believers. It, it's so easy to stay home and whatever. I get that, but we're we're literally in the fight of our lives here. You know, yeah. I mean, we are can't do it alone. We can't do it alone, and, and which is why we're doing this today, right? Yeah, we you know? we are a body. We're part of a body. That that's means right. you have to be connected. I know. I know that there's listeners out there that have said there's really no place for them to go, um, or they're kind of in, a, in, a, in an area where they've tried to find people, if nothing else, need to be connected to the rest of the body, even if it's through an online community or something. And don't don't be the lone wolf. Don't be the lone right. person out there because you know it's the, it's the lone member away from the rest of the herd that gets taken down by by the the wolf right 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 it, it's it's the lone elk uh, the lone deer you know and so yep. uh, we do need to draw strength from one another we need to bounce our ideas off of one another yes. um, I know people who have walked away from the church and just did their own thing it's just them and the Lord just them and the Lord and that's okay mm-hmm. for a, a period of time like yes. if there's a time you need to step away and s- yes. sort some things out that's fine but you need to get back in because yes. what ends up is you end up being one of those crazy people in a cabin somewhere writing, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, yep. you, you, you got to be careful because if you are not allowed, if you're not allowing yourself to be questioned by others, you got to have those good friends and those people you trust, people that uh, that are good and honorable people and say, you know, here's what I think the Lord's been trying to share. and And you need to share those things. Because we need to be corrected from time to time, and sometimes the Lord uses other people to help adjust yes. where we are. 
And so we got to be careful, you know, where we're going with that. We always need to be connected to others. And so I encourage everybody to, you know, whatever it is, whether it's various podcasts and all that, but get into a community somewhere, even if it's online or some church or wherever you can go to get strengthened Mm -hmm. and draw strength and, and be encouraged in your faith of Christ. That is so important. Agreed. Yes. Amen and amen. (laughs) All right. Well, um, I guess we'll say, uh, well, first of all, I just want to say thank you, Kathy, very much for coming on. I know you're struggling a little bit today with your voice and, and cough. And I think I finally got over mine. So hopefully, hopefully hopefully we'll get you healed by the end of the day here today. I hope so. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah. So I appreciate that. I appreciate everybody that's listening. Um, so until next time, God bless. Join us for discussion in our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash hope of Zion or at our YouTube channel, Teacher in Zion. That's the word teacher, space, and in Zion spelled as one word. My books can be found at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Douglas Hatton. That's H-A-T, like a hat on your head. T-E-N, like the number 10. Until next time.